forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Crunchies, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hi, Jane Jane. Hi, Roro. I'm happy to see you. I've never called her that, but it's my new favorite nickname. Um, my little sisters Ro-ro. call me that, so you're Did, welcome. Do they really? Yeah, Roro. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because they couldn't say Rose was yeah, just too much. Too much. Too much of a mouthful, that one it's syllable. A real tongue twister. Yep. Well, it's uh, a true delight and an honor and a privilege to be in your presence right now. Gal, I'm smiling ear to ear just looking at you. Living for it. The view I have. Mm. Straight Um, across from each other. That's the view. So good. (laughs) Um, Who were you this week? I'm sorry, but I have to bounce it back to you because I don't know who who I am yet. Oh, my God. You're going to find yourself. I know you will. I know. You're going to get there. Gal, who were you this week? (sighs) You know, I was just a real, I think I was kind of, I've been a bit of a, like, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like a little bit of a party poodle these past couple of nights. Interesting. So I'm going to say I was a carry. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, when I say, like, I've been partying, it just means that I've, like, kind of been going to bed later and, like, <laughs> hanging out with people. It's I not like, like I've been social. I like it. It's not like I, like, was, like, you know, whatever, seeing dead, dead mouse and, like, you know, taking ecstasy. I definitely... <laughs> Did some activities, though. I went to a Dodgers game on Friday night, and I had, I, I, uh, I think it's probably pretty clear from, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you can kind of gauge from my personality, not a, not a sports head over here. How was the Dodgers game? Is it fun? Well, the, the game is, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> it's like a backdrop for talking to your friends and okay. eating. Um, but the reason it was, this, it was special this time is because my boss had these un believable seats, which I don't even care about, like, proximity to the Great field. Great seats to not watch the action exactly. from. I don't care. It's not like I'm like, ooh, the players are closer to me. Yay. It wasn't that. <laughs> it was that. With these seats uh, came a full catered dinner. Hello there, mama. And we had a waitress come to our seats and bring us drinks and food and whatever we needed. I'm and there. they had, a, like, a, a little nook near where we were sitting that had, like, free snacks, like peanuts, popcorn, cotton candy. It was all there. You don't have to, like, wait to buy it. It was. You don't have I to mean, wait to buy peanuts? Sounds well, like. Well, usually they, they, like, come, you know, you have to get the guy who's going to throw them to you, and it's like, oh, it's so cool to catch them. Wait, Jamie, I love that you only enjoyed a sports event because you didn't do anything that was like the sports. Truly, that was what it was, Rose. I felt like I wasn't at a Dodgers game while also being at a Dodgers game and saying that I was at a Dodgers game. It was all the perks, but this is, like, kind of hilarious. So, I don't know. There's no, like, good way to explain this without you guys having been there with me, but I'm going to try my best to, like, set the scene. So... It was like a, a catering hall, and on one side they had all of your kind of traditional like ballpark foods. They had like four different types of hot dogs, like veggie, pork, beef, like all these things. So gross, they, gross, they basically gross. had all these things on one side, and on the other end they had 
um, th- th- whatever, some like very non-traditional ballpark things. But like, <laughs> I'm like telling sashimi. you, every single dish was like, I was, I felt like an alien. It was like, I don't know what this dish is. Like everything was like from another world. It was like, for example, they had this like eggplant Parmesan, right? But it was like topped with like cheddar cheese and Wait, I love that that's like, like a rat tattooing. <laughs> and it was just like, what? What country did this like come from? Like, it's not Italian. They kind of, I think it, it just was, sounds like they added a white trash spin to trashy. everything. It was trashy. Yes, it was white trash. <laughs> it was like a white trash veil on every dish, and I was just like walking around, like, what is this? And then I got to the dessert bar, and it Wait, looked the dessert like bar? the dessert bar was like the fucking trashiest desserts. It was like like jello and like twenty different colors, and then there was like this cake. It was like a rainbow cake, and like everything was just like very colorful. It looked. It reminded me of like the food fight in the movie Hook. I was just, it was just like Play-Doh colors, and I was like, "What the?" Fu-? I was like being su- you know, I was being me. I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like this With free thing that people eggplant, are giving you. Your trash, yeah. And then they're like, "Jamie, it's um, it's like a gift." No, they were like, "It's gay pride." These are gay pride desserts, and I was like, oh, take it back, take it back, take it back. I'm so sorry. I'm like, so sorry. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank oh you so God. much thank for inviting you, me. Thank you for your contribution well, to society. Well, I'm with you. I stand for you. Like, I felt like such a dick. My favorite part about that is it's kind of a two-part dick situation because the first part, which I would totally do too, is to have someone invite you to something really nice and be like, what the fuck is this food? <laughs> That happened. That's <laughs> fully what happened. I was so grateful to be there, and I really you sound was so grateful. No, I was. I was like so. I was so shocked by all the perks. I, I literally was walking around with my mouth agape, just like I can't believe that. Like, there's so much food, and You're like, everyone's there to gloop. help you. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. I actually said that. That is so funny. We really are friends. I said that I felt like Augustus Gloop because I was just kind of like in this like frenzy, like wow, A food frenzy. Yeah, I've never seen and. And it was it was like the Lexus dugout. It was like the Lexus sponsored dugout room. And I just never I've never I think I haven't everyone been listening is feeling like very hashtag relatable to this. Okay, I'm just telling you, I have only been to any sporting event as like typical spectator with shitty nosebleed seats. I have never had any kind of hookup, and that's why I was like, oh, this is this is the life. The seats were like $1,200 each. It was psychotic. That's insane. That we got these tickets. I can just imagine, Jamie, like, the more and more famous you get, all of a sudden there's, like, pictures of you in, like, <laughs> Us Weekly and People Magazine, like, at the court side at some oh really big sporting event, and you're just fully on your phone, and you have no idea what's going on, and you could give a shit. Who's playing? You're just, like, sleeping. Snooze. <laughs> Cleveland like, Cavaliers. Ordering clothes on Madewell. Oh, my like, God. That is, no, I once went to a wrestling event with Dan. I was like, I'll go one time because my husband's very into wrestling and I am very not but I was like I want to be supportive so I went and I ended up truly getting up to get like snacks every 10 minutes and then the other time was just spent on my it's phone too sweaty so I, yeah and but he was really he was pretty nice about it I was like I just I, this is the only way I'm gonna get through this is if I like eat and stare at my take phone. like a conference call in the bathroom exactly yeah just finding reasons to pee anyways uh, who are you this week Okay, um, this is really controversial. <gasps> but I think I am every single one of them. Mm. I think I'm Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte mm. at the last season when they've all, like, gotten over their bullshit and become, like, really mature and, like, confident people. 
God. <laughs> okay. Do go on. Well, um, guys, we you won't know this by listening, but we skipped a couple weeks or a week. Yeah. And for people that have been listening every week, I oh, feel I like... I love that you're bringing this up because I, I should have remembered to bring it up. Bring well, it up. Bring I it just want to like update people on my love life because I talk about it. Oh, wait. Can I also really quick before you say yes, that? Yes, of course. Also, because uh, I thought you were going to maybe say this. Also, we are... Um, if, for anyone who's a new listener, hi, welcome. We love you. Thank you for being here. Um, we do... Uh, we are recapping or whatever. We're delving into these episodes in sequential order. And if you are interested in going back to the first episode and following along with us, that is an option. Yeah. Not only is it good to start from the beginning to just get back in the show, but also like Jamie and I talk a lot about our lives. So if you kind of want to. If you're like, what are they referring to? It'll all make sense if you go in order. Yes. So the reason that I feel like all of the characters in the end is because I just feel like pretty confident in myself and like I'm not making bad shitty decisions and so it's hard to relate to any of them until the end when they're like a little more resolved mm. because like um, on the pod I talked about this guy that I was kind of seeing and yes. I had this intuition Skylar and Jamie both met him yeah and, and I also need to know what happened because the last time I well are we talking about that at all yeah. you go into it I'm gonna stop interrupting oh that's go okay on. Go, no, on. No. go on go on um, and we had a good time but like as as time went on, the relationship wasn't really progressing. Like, we were still just hanging out, like, once a week. We weren't talking that much on the phone or text in between. That's not illegal. That's fine. But it just felt like things weren't really growing. And so on an earlier episode of the podcast, I talked about how I was really proud of myself for, like, stating my needs. Yeah. And I talked about how I, like, needed to hang out more than... Well, actually, I really just talked about how I needed to make plans more in advance and, like, I needed to talk more on the phone. And I had a suspicion that this guy, who was a very nice, smart, talented person, was not a good match for me because he was probably avoidant, which mm -hmm. means it's a type of guy who, like, avoids intimacy. And after I told him my needs that were very basic and, and normal, like, I'd like to talk more and kind of be more in touch, he just kind of got weirder and weirder. Mm -hmm. And... I was kind of like, I think this is just not going to work for me. And he was kind of thinking the same thing. And we just talked it on the, over on the phone and, and we, and we're done. But the reason that I feel proud of myself is because I, I gave it a chance. I was open-minded, but I trusted my instincts. I didn't have sex with him the entire time we dated because I knew, wow. because I'm just in this place where you. I don't want to have sex with anybody right now unless I know that it's going to be a relationship. Yeah. That sounds really old school, but. I don't think so at all. And I also think it's really awesome that you, uh, sort of entered this relationship or whatever we want to call it stint emotional yeah. stint uh, saying that that was going to be how it went and it did go that way well, like the thing you stuck is, by, your, by your principles well the day after we like called it off together like I was fine and I am fine and it's like if I had slept with him and had like great sex I'd probably be a wreck you know yes so I feel like it kind of saved me and now I'm like back I already went on a good date with like a really nice handsome guy and like that's great I, I love my life and everything's good and I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like it was a really good thing. And this guy is not a bad dude. It didn't end badly. It was truly just like... So you ended up... Because when I saw you, you were like, I think we're going to maybe hang out one more time. So you didn't hang out one more time. No. And the reason why was because I told him two things that I wanted him to do that are very actionable and very simple. I said, I don't want to make plans on a Friday for the weekend. I need to know more in advance like what we're doing and when we're hanging out. Because I... I'm a very busy person. I get anxious. And if we wait until Friday, then, like, my weekend's already booked. And so it's just more respectful to me if you tell me, like, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, like, we make a plan. Right. And then he didn't 
I told him that, that on Tuesday, and he yeah. said, okay, I'll call you tomorrow, Wednesday, and we'll do this. Didn't hear from him Wednesday. Right. Didn't hear from him Thursday. He called me on Friday, and I was like, is this like a power move? I literally said that this is not what I wanted, and I feel like it was kind of his way of being like arms crossed. It like, was. Like, you can't control me, bitch. Absolutely. And it's like, if this feels like it's controlling you, and a thing he kept saying is, I can't legislate my emotions. I can't legislate my emotions. Like, I can't make myself be more into this, or whatever. He didn't say that, but that's my interpretation of I can't. Legislate my emotions. I think what he's... You're like, here's my political platform. <laughs> Just call me sooner. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not telling you that we that you have to be my boyfriend, you have to stop dating other people. I'm just saying this is how I want to make plans. If that feels, like, really oppressive for you, and I'm sorry not to be a bitch, but, like, if you're a 40-year-old man and you're not married yet, like, you're probably an avoidant because my friend Melissa Hunter brought up something brilliant. She's like... It's like meeting a 25-year-old woman who's a virgin. Every man in the world, every man wants to have sex. So if you're a female who's in her 20s that hasn't had sex yet, it's about you because every guy wants to. If you're a man in his 40s that isn't married yet, every woman you meet wants to marry you. Women just want to get married. That's just the thing. So if you're single, it's because you're not ready. Yeah. It's not the same stigma if you meet a woman in her 40s who's single because no men, men don't want to get married. It's like a weird trap you have to set. Oh my god. Shout out to Melissa Hunter. I just that's thought that a was really, so true. Yeah, that's a really juicy notion. I'm very into that. I mean, not very to say well don't date single 40-year-old men who are single, just if you do and you notice that they seem like really hesitant to do any committing, it's probably means something. Well, I do think that once you get, as you get older, you become a little more um, committed Committed and entrenched in your own independence, and I think I think that even if you're in a relationship, that's true. You're more you become more and more you as you grow yes, older. Yes, I do. Agree. Um, your personality is like more and more solidified, and change becomes less and less of a possibility. I think, or at least more of a struggle. Um, and I think that that yeah, I think what you said is right. I think that like when you're single and forty, it's not that you couldn't let another person in your life, but it I think it does get harder. I just think it gets harder. I think that it's harder for everybody. Yeah, I I, I actually just think it's really particular about like a certain type yeah, of guy. I, I also think that I want to be clear. I don't think that's every person who's forty and single. Yeah, I think that that it, I think that that type is maybe. I think that type maybe comes up more because of people becoming more solidified in who they are and who they are as a solo you know, pursuer of life. Yeah. I am obsessed with you, but I disagree. Because I don't think it's that people know themselves more, so it's harder to find someone. What I think is that the men who haven't gotten married yet at 40 are the guys that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, me- we're saying the same thing. Are we? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that it's harder when you get older because you know yourself more, so you don't want to compromise as much. I think, well, that part I do think is true. And I think that's true for literally every person of every age. Yeah, I think maybe that if so. you're 26, you're, more, like, you're sure. more entrenched in who you are than who you were at 24. That's true. Because because not only with age are you uh, becoming more you, you're also becoming uh, more financially independent, more, you know, your, your circle just kind of narrows. You start weeding out people who don't necessarily yeah, fill an important role in your life. And yeah, I think that you just become the most you as you get older and I, I'm not saying that you couldn't invite in a partner of course you can like my your standards my, get higher well yeah yeah because you're more okay on your own yeah. to a degree and then if you add what you're talking about which is an avoidant personality yes. type it's it's it can be sort of a recipe for you're gonna be alone yeah well it's just also yes I completely agree with that and I also just feel like the reason that I feel good is that like 
I just communicated so well with him. I just told him, I was like, because when we talked about it not feeling right, and, you know, I think we both were feeling that it wasn't feeling right. It's not like, you know... And one thing I said to him was like, I was like, I've dated a lot of guys that like need a ton of space and feel very easily encroached upon. And like their independence and freedom is like the number one thing in their life. And that's just not a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that's a bad dude, but a guy who's like the most important thing is that like nobody like come in on my time. Yeah. I'd much rather be with a guy that like loves being in a partnership. You want to be with someone who's you're open, you're open and you're vulnerable and you're willing and he's. And it's too it's too early to not spend the time getting to know each other. And if that phase feels threatening to your you time or whatever yes. it is he needs to do by himself, yes. we need to we need to offer up each other's vulnerability, even though it's scary, even though it's a time commitment, all these things. You have to do that to see if it's the right fit. You have to exactly. you have to invest a little bit to find out if you want to stay in it or break it off. Let's get into the episode. Yes, I agree. Okay. Amen. Namaste. Okay, so this is season one, episode nine. It's called The Turtle and the Hare. Also, Jamie, this is like maybe the most iconic episode of the entire show. It's definitely one of them. One of the most. I, I haven't rewatched the show in years and years. And when I watched this episode this morning to get ready for the pod, I was like, fuck yes. I also didn't remember whatever. Well, we're okay. going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. okay, here we and, go. And as I said before, if, if anyone's listening and they feel like going back to episode one and starting from the beginning, um, you can do that. Or if you're someone who kind of like watches Sex in the City whenever it pops up on E, uh, which is what a lot of people do. They just watch it on like E and TBS. Uh, that's fine, too. You can totally follow along. We're not we're not. Um, we're we're here for you in any capacity you are here for us in. Okay, bye. I mean, go. <laughs> Don't leave. Come back. Come back. <laughs> okay, so this episode opens with the core four at the wedding of their friend Brooke. She's an old money social climber, and she's marrying a man who Carrie says is quote more boring than exposed brick. Yikes. Decked in funeral black and weaving through the early two thousands finance bros, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte find themselves exiled to a very lame singles table where they meet a bunch of lame people including the turtle a horny Stephen Toblowski lookalike with really bad breath get this man a mint after Carrie gets a depressing pep talk from Brooke on settling for whoever will marry you uh, she has a phone call with Big, who, in his classic, never gives a thought to the words that come out of his mouth monster fashion, tosses off a devastating but unsurprising pronouncement. He doesn't want to get married. Roll clip. Something's got a hold on me. Wow, a guy who doesn't want to get married. Film at 11. Oh, don't tell me you're surprised by this. You know who wants to get married? Men who mix their mommy. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't my target audience. Am I the only one who thinks this is a major bummer? What if you spend five years with him and in the end you have nothing to show for it? I wasn't even thinking about getting married until he told me I couldn't think about it. Now it's all I can think about. Oh, just be cool. You don't care. Then he'll wonder why you don't, which will make him realize that he does. And then it's a whole new ball game. So in your world, it's always sixth grade? I think that a relationship has to be based on honesty and communication if it has any chance of succeeding. Okay. If you were 25, that would be adorable. But you're 32 now, so that's just stupid. Well, I can't just ignore it, can I? Yes! No! <laughs> yes, no! Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have 
a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app. fucking love these combos. God, it's so good. I love how Samantha goes, you're 32 now, that's just stupid. I love how she just calls her stupid. That's like so fucking hot and cool. I also think it's hilarious. She's like, you're 32, you're just a dumb little stupid little skanky little bitch. (laughs) She's so harsh. It's also hilarious beautiful. it's beautiful. The reason Samantha calls Charlotte stupid is because Charlotte says you need to have open communication in a relationship. And Samantha just loses it. She's like, you daft idiot. Um, wow. What do you so think about thoughts. this? Well, uh, I'm, I think the part of this discussion that really sort of makes my... Uh, makes Titties the, twist? Yeah, makes my <laughs> nipples pierce through my blouse. Um, <laughs> well, it, but in a bad way. Um, is that... Uh, I, I, the thing, I think the thing with Big, um, you know, how he says he doesn't want to get married... Uh, again. I, yeah, again. I mean, that is, um, that's that's just a really, that's a hard pill to swallow. Even if you are, you know, I, I don't really know how Carrie feels about marriage. I think, honestly, throughout the entire series, it's a little unclear. And I think she's kind of wavering. And um, But I think hearing, hearing that someone is not open to that, to me, I think ends up being a deal breaker because... Even if you're like, ugh, I don't want marriage either or whatever, there is this piece of like, yeah, but if if relationships unfortunately kind of operate like a video game and you're always like getting to these next levels, like, oh, we just started dating. Oh, what's the next level? Seriously dating. What's the level after that? Moving in together. What's the next level? Double homicide. Well, yeah, it's a, it is just a little like... It's just kind of like, I don't know. You want to know that marriage could be a level for you. Because otherwise, where where are we climbing in this? Like, I, I don't know. And I wish that we could just be, and they say this later in the episode, I wish we could just be present, be in the moment, stop thinking about labels. Like, I, I think all of that is ideal because labels really are a trap. Like, they really, they mess up relationships. They can enhance relationships. Are you telling me you don't want to be known as my best friend anymore? Is that oh what this God, is all about? Oh, my God, get rid of Do it. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Because um, you're I getting will go a down demo- fighting. You're getting a demotion. <laughs> Am I going to regular friends? <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're, you're, well, right now you're my super supreme best friend, but you're going to be demoted to crazy, kooky, cute, really fun best friend. And I'm sorry to tell you that here on the pod. But no, I just... Just, yeah, I just think that you want to know that the option is there. I think relationships are all about, like, let's see where this goes. And to have someone be, like, you know, hard, like, fence coming down, like, the Game of Thrones, like, gate. Just like, no, I don't do that. It's like, oh, that's that's just traumatizing. Yeah, I agree. I think especially because, like, 
where we are, episode nine, season one, uh, Carrie and Big are falling in love. Like, they're really falling in love. And so it's one thing to, like, hear that on the second day with somebody you don't really care about. But when you're completely smitten to hear somebody be like, I am never want to get married again. the sex is amazing. And they're always, like, rolling around in the sheets and having these, like, really wonderful intimate pillow talk conversations you're just like oh that's that's like such a bummer of a boundary yeah I also think that this is completely me projecting so if you're listening to this and you are a woman in your 30s who doesn't want to get married feel free to like blow up in the comments or whatever but I also don't buy it all when Carrie goes yeah I never even thought about marriage until he said he didn't want to I'm like you're 35. You definitely you think about did. it every day. Yeah. Like, you can't not think about it. Even if your attitude towards it is, I don't want it, you're definitely thinking about where you stand. Yeah, and you know, maybe this is just totally about projection now that I'm thinking of it. Because you're right, Jamie. Like, she has not said anything about particularly wanting marriage or a family ever up until this point. So maybe I'm totally projecting my own shit onto her. But there is something about the show, which is maybe not PC or empowering per se, but I think very relatable Mm. about the fact that all four of these women are single and kind of don't want to be. Mm -hmm. That's not a cool thing to admit that you want to be in a relationship, especially as a woman. You're supposed to be like, I don't care. I don't need that. But they're very open, except for Samantha, about wanting that. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. And also, I think that that goes for men and women. I think everyone wants to find somebody, even if it's temporary or you have multiple lovers or you you have a full harem whatever yeah I mean people are we're all searching everybody's searching every day yeah I agree and I, I think that at this point in my life if I was I have not that many deal breakers, but if somebody never wanted to get married, that would be a deal breaker you know for me. It, you know what I sort of liken it to? It's like if you're on a very strict diet, and it's or whenever you're on the keto diet. We were talking about keto <sighs> off mic. Um, but uh, yeah, like if you're on the keto diet, we're not on the keto diet. I never. made it sound like Rose is on the keto diet. <laughs> Neither we're, we're not anti keto, but whatever. Shout out to all our, our keto listeners, our keto heads out there. We love you uh, just as much. But uh, I think that if you're told like you can't have bread, you can't have carbs, you can't, you know, then you're like, that's literally all you're going to think about. So I think that if someone's saying, I don't want marriage, you're going to be like, but I think that's exactly what I want. Like, it is a little bit like, you know, like, don't take away my toys. Like, I want to play with my toys. I want it to be there. I want it to, you know, I want to be able to, like, squeeze that that option. And it's like, he's just kind of, to take anything off the table, I'm now I'm repeating myself. It's just, it's cruel. It's cruel. It's, it's unloving. Have you ever dated somebody who was like, I never want to get married or I never want to have kids? No, I haven't. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I've been with Dan for 10 years. So prior to that, I was at an age where, like, people weren't really talking about that as much. Like, I mean, it would come up, but it wasn't like, we're going to have kids tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't. It was there wasn't a lot of, like, family talk when I was in my 20s. And now it's like that's the number one thing that comes up. I feel like when you're when you're dating, you, you know, you're very open about what yes. you want and need in your life and building out a life. Together. Yeah, it's actually like crazy how like I don't know as a single woman in my 30s. It, the second I find out that somebody doesn't want children, it, that we could be have the most amazing banter. They could be the most attractive, interesting. I'm like, bye. It's just to me, it's just immediately done. Yeah, but I don't feel bad about that. I think it's just like you shouldn't what? move yeah. on next. Absolutely, there's millions of people in the world. And there are a lot of people who do. Most people do. Yeah, and like for I mean, to be honest, I've I've gone back and forth about um, like wanting children. I mean, I definitely do want children, but when I actually think about like, okay, like let's start. 
let's start, you know, really putting that into practice and like, oh, I need like, okay, we're going to like, I'm going to make a baby. There is a piece of me that's like, oh, is this the right time? But you still want to be with someone who's willing to go through those sort of quest- questioning moments. You want someone who can share in that with you I love versus the idea, someone Jamie. just being like, we're not doing it. I love the idea of you being like, it's really important for me to be with somebody who wants a family. And then you're like, I don't want one. <laughs> like, I do. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I, I'm. It's really yeah. tough. It's really tough. I think they call it family planning for a reason. There's definitely a lot of planning. Oh, and by planning, I just mean thinking about it a lot and not acting on it. <laughs> That's my planning. Like That's my strategy. Family. It's very effective. Family. It's a great like, type of birth control. It's just debating if you want to make a life. <laughs> Stressful. It's also really erotic. Yeah. It's. I mean, truly. They should sell it in the sex shop next to the, the rabbit vibrator, which is going to come up later. Anyways, go on. Okay. So after the quartet's diner debate, Miranda, ever the relationship's skeptic, hits them all with a product endorsement for the fabulous rabbit vibrator, which comes with its own remote control. Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie head to a sex shop to see what Miranda's so damn turned on for. And although she doesn't plan to get one for herself at first, Charlotte, like a five-year-old being won over by a lollipop, loves that the rabbit is pink and adopts one of her very own. Aww. Aww. This leads to maybe the wildest arc of the episode in which Charlotte notes that the rabbit is great. Maybe a little too great. I think I broke my vagina. Oh, sorry, my pointed horn? Mm-hmm. Metaphorically, I mean, with the rabbit. Oh, so you've been using it? Yes, and I'm scared if I keep using it, I'll never be able to enjoy sex with a man again. Why? Well, have you ever been with a man, you know, and he's like, he's doing everything, and, and it feels good, but somehow you, you just can't manage to, um... Come? Yeah. Well, it's weird, because with the rabbit, it's like every time, boom. And one time, I came for like five minutes. Well, Charlotte, honey, it's not illegal. Yeah, but no man ever did that. I mean, I'm scared. What am I going to do? Well, you know, you could still enjoy sex with the man and the rabbit. No, no, no. I'm done with it. That's it. I'm never going to touch that thing again. Oh, uh, uh, I got a cancel on the ballet tonight. Oh, why? Oh, I'm expecting a, uh, uh, phone call, a, a long-distance phone call, transatlantic. Charlotte could never tell a decent lie. I knew an addict when I saw one. Rose, have you ever canceled plans to attend the ballet to stay home and masturbate? <laughs> Like That's Charlotte? such a good question, Jamie. I mean, you're really? always, you always, I, I mean, this Jamie's girl. Jamie's hitting up for the ballet. Either, she's left either podcasting or swan laking. <laughs> yeah, I All mean. All over the goddamn place. I have definitely been at work or been places and just like been fantasizing about going home and masturbating. Mm, have you ever masturbated at work? Yes, I yeah, have masturbated same. in the bathroom before. Oh, God, yeah. It's just like, it's, I mean, I am when I'm like, oh, it's a pee break. It's like, mm, there might be other things happening. It's so, I mean. It's a pee and beyond. It's just like whatever you can do with your pants down. Like, it's a real free-for-all. I have to say, that's hilarious, Jamie. I've also masturbated on airplanes. I've talked about this before. Wow. It's, I, it's, it's just, it's. Does it turn it's, you on? It's, no, not at all. It's exactly the opposite. It's like, I'm so boring. I just need to, f- I'm so bored. I need to feel. Like, I just need to remember that I'm alive. I feel like a corpse in the sky. I'm just like... That's so hilarious. I'm just like bored and like not thinking. And yeah, I'm just like my whole body is just like on pause when I'm on an airplane. Like life is like not real in the sky. And so I think sometimes I just want to like 
connect to um, being alive in That's the bathroom. So funny, Jamie. Where I would I love it if you didn't can fit. Yeah, I would love it if you didn't lock the door and somebody like walks in on you and they're like, "What are you doing?" I definitely have had it happen where I I leave and they're probably like, "Musky wow, in here." She took she took a massive shit and it doesn't smell. It's incredible. It actually smells kind of kind of damp. <laughs> Um, I have to say, whenever I talk on the phone at home, I put people on speakerphone because I don't want to get brain cancer, so I don't put the phone by my head. Yeah. And oftentimes, I will casually masturbate. I, I know this might sound crazy. No, everybody does this. Well, I'll just casually masturbate in which it's like, I'm just kind of like bored, and I'm just like in yeah. bed, and I'm just... But one time I was talking to a friend and masturbating at the same time, just having a conversation, and she heard buzzing, and she goes, are you masturbating right oh, now? And I was like, no. And she's like, you fully God. are. I thought you meant with your hand. I didn't know that you actually like turned on. <laughs> a device while you were on the phone. That is next level. You are royalty. Like you, are, killer you are straight up queen. This is so monarchy sick. status. That's so, so cool. Jenny, no, you're fucking cool. I'm like, no, I'm just uh, harvesting bees. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm oh also perverted. God. You're like, like, oh, it's just feedback. I'm in a weird, I'm in a tunnel. I gotta go. Also, the sad thing is I'm, like, having these full conversations where I'm, like, girl, you're better than him. Like, I'm, like, fully invested. You're giving, you're giving, maybe you give better advice when you're, like, honestly. I'm the orgasm advice doctor. Yeah, like, maybe, like, yeah, like, through your clitoris, you get your best ideas. I'm, like, wait a minute. I don't know yet. Give me one more second. Second leave him. So stupid. Oh my God. Gal, what do you think about this scene with Charlotte? What is it? Like, watching this for the first time in years, how did you feel watching it? Well, I think when Charlotte says, when Charlotte says, like, I'm worried a man will never be able to do this for me, um, he won't. He won't. Um, But. You're like, worry validated. Yeah, I mean, that's just a fact. But also, it's, it's machinery versus, like, a human body that's, like, warm and can kiss you and be on top of you and spoon you. It's like, yeah, what you're like lacking and coming with a man is hopefully made up for in other intimate ways. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yes, I totally agree with that. I also just got so happy watching this scene because Charlotte is sort of uh, supposed to represent this really prude, frigid woman. Buttoned up. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I'm happy that anybody is having a good time with themselves sexually. I think that's so healthy and so good for you. And I'm so happy that, like, Charlotte is, like, just coming all the time and, like, really... You know, also, when this came out, I had never... I was not a big masturbator uh, growing up. I didn't masturbate in high school. It just didn't even know how. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. God, it literally got me through high school. Yeah, I wish. I just wasn't horny for some Mm. reason. And actually, this episode was really important to me because I bought a va- rabbit vibrator after watching this and this Sex I and think S- I did too Sex and City it was a like, big commercial for rabbits well, this, this episode when it came out that's why I think this show is so fucking important because it's like as cute and fun to watch as it is it's like you're this was in the late 90s we're watching a woman talk about like using a vibrator having sexual pleasure so many women don't have orgasms through penetrative sex like 98% of women or whatever and it's a huge deal for a mainstream entertainment to say hey 
using a sex toy or masturbating can be like a huge gateway to pleasure. And for me, it's like, I think sex and city is like how I started masturbating, which no, is pretty I, big. I think that it, it definitely elevated my masturbation game because I did not own a vibrator before I saw this episode. And I actually remember I did the sex in the city tour in New York. So where cute. you like ride around in a bus. So and like, one of the stops is at Babeland. Wow. I think Babeland. Yeah, Babeland. Yeah. And uh, we all went in and it was just like, you know, it's just a, a bunch of women. So and cute. Everyone's just like, oh my God, this is great. You know, it's a lot of people from like the oh, South and like the so Midwest. Cute. They're like, oh my God, this is so, this is so edgy. It's so cute. Um, but I remember when we went in, um, I didn't buy a rabbit that day, but I do remember because I was like with my friend who was like kind of uptight and I was just like, I don't feel comfortable like actually getting into the spirit of a, of a sex shop. You're like, these toys are crazy. Pull on a hold for me. I felt like I was sort of putting on a play. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, this is nuts. But I'm like, I'm coming back here in a couple hours when you're not with me. Like, please. I'm like raging horny right you're now. Like, Can you put aisle 14 on hold? Literally. I'm like, give me the biggest bag you have. I'm filling it up with all sorts of goodies. But, um, but uh, I remember we went in and there was a guy who worked there and um, they had like the tinier vibrators, like the Lilo. Lipstick ones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly and um and this guy came up to us the guy who worked there and he was like do you guys need any help and I was like oh no we're good you know I'm trying to like whatever posture for my prude friend and uh and he was like the way you can test the vibrator is you put it on the tip of your nose oh. and that's that's the on a woman's body that's like the clothes that's like the runner-up clit what do you mean in terms of sensitivity like, yes hmm. yeah, did you do that like, did you put them on your nose he did, he did it to both of us and she was like <laughs> <laughs> You don't actually come from it. Yeah, I was like, Relax. <laughs> the, truly, the worst person to go to a sex shop. <laughs> Wait, that's such a cute, like, only a New York story. I know. I know. I just think that this show is so fucking rad, and the fact that I mean, I think this was the first TV show that showed women talking about masturbating with a toy, right? Uh, yes. Um, I just want to flag something that I thought was hilarious is when they so when Miranda and Carrie go over to Charlotte's apartment to intervene and stop her from masturbating and confiscate her rabbit, they so casually grab this I the same toy thing. It's that been she's inside been, of her. Yeah, it literally has like Charlotte vaginas all over it. And they just very casually like keep passing it back and forth and I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> One time, my That's mom. So when I was uh, I was moving apartments in New York, and my mom came to help me, and she was like putting some stuff in boxes, and she found my rabbit. Oh god! But I ha- it was broken, and I hadn't used it in years. I actually ended up cutting the cord between the dildo and the the remote control because I needed to use it for a sketch. Oh. So I ended up like whatever, sort of like I can't remember why I didn't want. It was the, now a I, prop. Didn't, I didn't want the attachment. I just wanted the thing. Yeah. And um, my mom found it, and it like that material. That like silicone, it's like, like fermented. Had, like, it's like it kombucha. Literally had, <laughs> it was a scoby. It had like hairs and like was, coins stuck to it. So like awful. it's so gross. It picks up everything. She's like, she's like, sweetie, if you're gonna have a sex toy, you need to take care of it. Yeah. You need to be responsible. Right. She's like, oh, Jamie, you want me to put this change in a coin star for you? Oh, God. It was so disgusting and very humiliating. Obviously, I was like, no, nah, it's not mine. I don't remember what I said, but I was definitely like, oh God. It's a nightmare to have yeah. someone catch something like oh, that. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Anyways, um, to bring us to a screeching halt. Okay, so moving on from all the, the sex toy 
stuff of it all. Uh, Carrie's disenchantment with commitment foe Big leads to her and Stanford hatching an insane plot to pry Stanford's inheritance from his Chanel-loving, homophobic grandma. They're going to forge a marriage of convenience in which they essentially split the inheritance from the grandma and then they get to fuck whoever they want. Stanford can sleep with all the men in New York and Carrie can continue sleeping with Big or whoever. Perf. Also, it just occurred to me that the fact that his name is Big is kind of a penis reference. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so macho. I know. I think about it a lot, but then I don't. I don't feel like I don't know. Yeah, it just anyway. occurred to me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back in Charlotte's world, she is deep in a rabbit hole. So much so that Miranda and Carrie show up at her house and stage an intervention because they're worried she's masturbating too much. Meanwhile, Samantha's actually started giving the turtle a chance after running into him downing a bottle of white wine solo during a terrible date at Lava, the <laughs> restaurant du jour, definitely named by the people who brought us Club Chaos back in episode one. Despite the turtle's bad breath and habit of dissecting his meals like a foodie crime scene analyst, Samantha comes to see him as a fixer-upper, but soon she realizes he's not worth the work. While Samantha was doing everything in her power to remake the turtle into a man she could fall in love with. How's your dinner? It's questionable. I can't figure out whether the mushrooms in this sauce are shiitake or chanterelle. And definitely not porcini. Maybe they're woodier. Maybe it doesn't matter. My God. Their trumpets. It was then that Samantha realized that even with all her effort, he was still just the turtle in black. You know, I'm not feeling very well. I think I'm going to have to send myself home. I'll call you. Mm-hmm. The, the turtle, I mean, the fact that he had terrible breath... So disgusting. ...is so gross... I mean, fixer upper. I mean, that. I. I'm just. I'm surprised that. Uh, I'm surprised she. She. It's out of character. Y- yeah, I'm. I'm surprised that Samantha would stoop to the level of dating someone with putrid. He said that he got it because he's been taking Chinese herbs. It's like. Whoa. That's not even true. It's halitosis. Also, if you the fact that he knows he has halitosis and doesn't. Actively so chew. That was the craziest part. He did, he knows he has bad breath. She said, "You need a mint," and he was like, "Yeah, it's my Chinese herbs." And you're like, "Right." So keep some gum on you. Wait, get a Jamie? little container of Eclipse, son, Jamie? and bring it with you everywhere and chew it constantly. <laughs> Fix your shit. Have you ever kissed someone with bad breath, like nar nar breath, before? Um. Yes, and one time it was a first kiss, and it was a very hot guy, and he, I don't know what was going through his mind, oh, no. but he knew that that first kiss was coming, and for some reason, he, like, ended up eating, like, a turkey sandwich <laughs> right before, and then, like, didn't brush his teeth, and I was just kind of like, honestly, how dare you? Be a little aware. Like, I don't want to, like... I don't even... I, I understand turkey is not... Hopefully, it's, like, a pretty neutral yeah, smell. Yeah, like, turkey doesn't seem that bad. It is, though. Oh, my God, it hilarious. Is. I mean, it's, like... It's just even the thing of, like, you There's might food have, in like, little remnants not. in your mouth still. I don't that's need... disgusting. Like, that scene in Goodwill Hunting where they eat the burger and kiss each other, everyone's like, oh, my God, that is love. I'm like, no, that is fucking gross. <laughs> like, ugh. That's illegal. That scene stresses me out. 
I'm like, yes, I pick up on the connection between Matt Damon and Minnie Driver, but also Burger is in both of their mouths while they're Frenching. Disgusting. Me now. (laughs) That's so awful. I like to think that that's like the first thing you think about when you wake up, and the last thing you think about when you go to bed every night is the burger scene. Just like, oh, grab beef, mini driver. (laughs) Wait, um, gal, I don't remember if I've told this story before. Have I told the really bad breath story? Mm -mm. Okay, well. Has she, Skylar? I don't feel like. I don't think so. No. Okay, well, I'll make it snappy. Yeah. Okay, bad breath. Don't make it snappy, make it longy. Ooh. Bad breath, for some horrible reason, I've gone on a few dates with people with good-looking, nice people who open their mouth and it's like a foot graveyard. Mm. It's like so disgusting. Mm. It's like hard-boiled eggs buried for no. years. It's, and it's straight up halitosis. It's, it's not about like, did you brush your teeth? It's like, it's like, you've lived many lives and they've all been reincarnated into this one bad breath. Like, yes. So there was this guy that I had a crush on all four years in college and undergrad. I saw him across campus and I was like, oh, he's so amazing. One day, maybe he'll be mine. Senior year, I was at a bar. He was there. We started talking. I took him home. Oh, my God. All my dreams coming true. Can't believe this is really happening. Yes. We watched a movie. Mm -hmm. The movie's over. He turns to me. Oh, God. And instead of kissing me. Oh, God. He takes his tongue and just starts licking up my face, like up my cheeks, up my nose. And I was very inexperienced. And I was like, is this normal? (laughs) But not only was he doing that, it was like my face was covered with like putrid like if it was a cartoon there'd be like sizzling green lines I am horrified for you my four year crush ended in a second Second. like and I've never done this before and I've never done it since but after less than a minute I go ah I'm tired I should uh, go to bed and you should go to the bathroom and brush your teeth and you should make go to the ER and find out what is in your stomach I'm calling you an ambulance (laughs) take care of it stat (laughs) yeah he walked I walked him to the door and he said at the door can I should we do this again should I get your number and I said no no oh my god it's the meanest coldest I've ever been you needed to be harsh honestly he needs a dose of reality did you tell him he had bad breath you know what that was a 21 year old Rose now I would say I don't think I I don't know if I could ever get over it, but I would tell them so they could fix it for the future. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy how mm. bad breath can just like, just your whole body's just like shuts down. Well, it's also what it represents. It's like, oh, it, I think there's something primal happening because you're like, oh, you, this might mean that like you don't really like prioritize hygiene. And um, again, bringing it back to the turtle, the fact that he's aware that he has this problem, it, it almost is a form of... Kind of like, self-centered. It, it, yeah, that's not... Well, yes, of course. But also, it is a little... That feels like a very male quality to be like, yeah, I have this flaw. I'm not going to address it. It's just who I am. Whereas women are like... I'm like, my, do I have... Is anything on my face? Is anything in my teeth? Do I have... Is my bath... Is, do I smell right. I'm going to breathe on you. Tell me if I... My, yeah, it's if so I have true. Bad so like, true. Like, we're so like... Am Obsessed. I okay? Am I okay? Do I look okay? Da 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 da. It's like the fact that a man's like, yeah, it <laughs> smells like a cat died under my tongue. But this is me, babe. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious, Jamie. It's so true. <sighs> like, take me as I am. Yeah. It's like Love no. Me for me. Yeah. And my carcass mouth. Oh my god. What about this idea as a fixer upper? Have you ever dated somebody that you're like, he's not great? Can but I, I say can... something kind of shitty? Please. I think every guy's a fixer upper. Oh my god. That is one of the quotes. 
for our episode. I cannot think of a single person I've ever, or guy that I've met where I'm like, you're done. Wait. Good job. Jamie, that's so. Mission complete. Jamie, that's so funny. Constant work in progress. Just a lump of raw clay needing molding from law. That's funny. I, I feel like there are people that I have in my head. Like, I remember I took an Im- improv class, like, a couple years ago. And there was a guy in class who had a couple qualities that I liked. Sometimes I like shy guys. He was kind of, like, shy and lacoy and was very, very smart. Mm. His fashion and his hair was so bad that I, like, dreamed mm-hmm. of, like, I was like, I wish it was appropriate to be like, hey, you seem like a really nice guy. Can I like take you on like a clueless style like shopping oh my spree? God. You're like you're like a modeling scout for like guys who look terrible. Yeah, you're I like, just wanted Let to help me him. help you. I can make you a star. Thank you. But also so many guys with just a couple of small things. Like he wasn't ugly. He just had bad style and bad yeah, haircut. Like, just a couple of small things. He had a bad haircut and he dressed terrible and he had no personality and he didn't say anything because he was shy, quote unquote. You're like, but otherwise, I really think there was something there. Oh my God. Jamie, I think ultimately you're right. Every man is a fixer up, or probably women too in a way, but mm. ultimately I mean, I know that's mean, but are we? I mean, I feel like we do a pretty, pretty good job. It's be, it's because of what I was saying earlier is that like no, you're we right. all we spend so much time being like eighty percent of our budget. Eighty percent of our budget, our brains, it's am I okay? Am, am I, I hot enough? enough? Do am I smell I, good? Am I doing this right? It's constant anxious, aggressive self-awareness to where I really think that we have such an intact checks and balances system to the point where if we have literally a piece of spinach in our teeth, we're like, oh my God. It's like, it like it just breaks the whole paradigm. I'm like, oh my God, I've shattered everything I've worked for in this one moment with this one chunk of spinach. <laughs> Jamie, that's so funny. It's just true. Uh, James? Yeah. Do you want to finish us off? All right. So wrapping up this episode, things ultimately resolve for Carrie Stanford and Big, with Carrie trading Stanford's extortion plot for a declaration that she does, in fact, want marriage on the table with Big. Of course, instead of responding to her, he helpfully feeds her tomato sauce and a real overcooked metaphor about garlic and timing. Fucking Big, man. Perfect. What a great app. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into uh, answering the question of the episode, which we do every single episode of this podcast. Uh, Let's hear it. In a city of great expectations, is it time to settle for what you can get? Harsh. So sad. What do you think? I think that... I think that the word settle is so interesting because it has a negative connotation in our modern culture, but the actual word, the definition of settle is just to hunker down. It doesn't mean anything bad. It actually is peaceful. I'm like, oh, I feel settled. My stomach is settled. It's it actually in every other context is a positive. It sounds like, ooh, it's it's calm, it's serene. Yeah, but like exactly. And like if you decide to settle down, buy a home, there's nothing inherently negative about that. I think this term, oh, you decided to settle. I think this term comes from like West Coast, East Coast, big city dating, where it's like the idea of just pausing and committing is so overwhelming to these psycho New Yorker and LA people that it's like It just creates this thing of like, well, does he like answer all 75 qualities that you need to have? I just feel like it's part of this really psychotic, modern. It's manic. Yeah, it's just this idea that there is a perfect person. I was listening to Dan Savage who said this really brilliant thing. And he's like, 
there's this idea of the one, but nobody's the one. Everyone is this 0.64, and you round them up to a one. Mm, and you're a 0.64, so and someone's going to round you up to that's a one. That's so beautiful. Oh, my God. I think my heart skipped a beat. I love that. I, thought, uh, I loved it, too, because it's like... Love that. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. On someone else to think that they're going to be perfect. yourself. You're never... Look, I, I, I had a therapist tell me that, um, you know, we're in this age of, you know, uh, like... I, oh, she didn't say this, but I'm putting my own, like, editorial spin on it. Um, that we're in this age of, like, you know, self-care and reach for the stars and, you know, n- yeah, never settle, always keep climbing. Always keep dreaming bigger and better. And it's like it is a little manic. And the therapist was saying that pretty good is happy. Yeah. And people are sort of out of touch with what is it's not about. Look, obviously, if you're in a relationship and there is something inherently wrong, address it, you know, do you, you know, end it, get back out there, find something better, 100%. But I do think we're always kind of encouraged to, like, keep questioning. And is this is this what I really want? And I think that that in and of itself can become a psychosis. I completely agree. And it, and it really is going to be an issue of, like, it's going to just keep repeating itself for the rest of your life, no matter who you're with, if that is the mentality you choose, which you're allowed to choose. I think it's the common mentality for young people. I I think that our grandparents' generation are like, you know, you stick together through hard times. And now it's like, oh, well, he was a really nice guy. He was tall. He was handsome. He was this. He was that. He has a good relationship with his mom. But he drives this car. So I don't think so. It's like, if you're going to be that picky, like, you're going to die alone for sure. And also, you don't even deserve to be with somebody because you also have flaws. We all have flaws. So I kind of think this idea. rounding up. Rounding up. What a beautiful, what a beautiful sentiment. I'm really into it. Yeah, because I kind of feel like they're giving this woman shit. This whole question of like, is it time to settle for what you can get is because that their friend Brooke married a guy who was like not that good looking and a little boring, but he brought other things to the table, made her feel really loved. So I kind of just think this whole question is bullshit because I think that um, if somebody makes you feel good and you love them, it doesn't matter if they're not like so impressive to all your friends. I don't think that's settling. I think that's your friends being deeply superficial. Yes. I also do think that, you know, with the example uh, from the episode with Brooke at the top, she marries this dude who... She just kind of seems like she's not that into him, but she really values being married and talking about labels as we were earlier in this episode of the podcast. Uh, Yeah, I think she really values that marriage label. And I think some people really want the title. And I think that you have to ask yourself, is the title more important than your happiness? And if it is, that's okay. Just be aware of it and also know when, like, oh, my happiness is actually at stake and that's, you know, maybe the label isn't as worth it. Yeah, I agree. I also think that to actually answer this question, should people settle? If if the question is, should you marry someone you're not super in love with? Who's to say? I, I feel so confused about, like relationships right now that I don't know what anyone should do, honestly. No, I mean, we're not here to give advice. We're just here to think Rail and question. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a it's a hard question. I think I think it depends on, on the person. What do you ultimately think about this? I ultimately think that uh, I do think every relationship is work, um, but I do think that you should strive for one that fulfills you Mostly, yeah. You know, I think maybe that's right. it's not going to check every single box every single day 
of your life. But I think you can ask yourself, is this solid or is is there more out there? Yeah, more and good than bad. Yeah. Are you more often happy than not happy? Yeah, and also like, you know, maybe if you're if you're having if you're having if you feel like you're settling, you have to ask yourself why. And you also have to ask yourself, is this a thing that like you think another person could truly fulfill these needs that are not being met in your current relationship? Or are you hardwired to always not feel fully satisfied? I am someone who struggles with feeling satisfied. I think part of that comes from my indecisiveness. I think part of that comes from the fact that my parents have a really crazy, pretty unsteady friendship type marriage. And I think that it's clouded my own view of marriage. And a lot of times I have to stop and ask myself, is this is this your childhood Trauma. I mean, not to overuse no, that it's word. What it is. Is, it, is it my childhood conditioning, or is it actually a problem that is existing in real time right now? It's such a hard question, and it's so hard. Yeah, and it's part of being in a long term relationship. Yeah, and I think that it doesn't even mean that I come up with answers to it. Mostly, it's questions, just hypothesizing. I have no idea. I truly have no idea. Every day of my life, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, have no idea. I relate to that. And I think this question is kind of tripping us both up because it's like the idea of being with somebody for decades and decades, like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. It's so hard to know. Like, is it always going to be romantic? Is it are there going to be years where it's really hard? Like, I you just hear that. You hear people talk right. about it. Like we went through a real hard patch. And you're like, how long was it? They're like six years. <laughs> it's fucking you're insane. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I'm not experienced enough in a very long term relationship model to know what's settling and what's good and what's normal. I guess you just figure it out as you go. Yeah, and that's okay. I think so. I love you. I love you. Um, Okay, so final segment, I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, whatcha horny for? Such a good question. Um, What am I horny for? I am horny for a great movie on Netflix right now called Always Be My Maybe. Sweet. Just watched it the other night. It was written by Ali Wong and Randall Park. It is hilarious, romantic, sexy, fun. Um, Netflix is on a fucking roll with rom-com movies right now, and it's one of my favorite genres. Uh, Obviously, if you like Sex and City and you're listening to this podcast, I have a feeling you will really like this movie. It's, you know, sometimes rom-coms are so schlocky, but this one was just edgy and funny and sweet, and I I think you guys will absolutely love it. And uh, I was thinking how interesting it is that rom-coms are one of the only genre well, maybe not superhero movies too, but it's kind of interesting that like you go into a rom com knowing the end. It's a rom com. You know they're gonna and end up together. And you still are like, I'm and you here still for the journey. Love it. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's all about the progression. I guess so. Yeah, the progression to the finish. But there's no surprise because you're gonna know that they end up. It's like for sure. A hundred percent. It's kind of funny that you still like to watch and that. And when it though. doesn't end like that, you're like, what is this bullshit indie movie? <laughs> yeah, like, that'd be funny if you thought you were in up, for a rom com and it was tie like tied up in a pretty bow for me. I'm here for it. Jamie, I think we should write a rom-com that's totally all of the tropes in the last five minutes. Like, they both get killed or something. Oh, my God. That's kind of genius, actually. Um, Well, What are you horny for, James? This week, I'm horny for water. And I want to be clear. 
I'm not saying that in that I, uh, I'm not, this is not, you know, I'm not talking about the ocean. I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about uh, drinking water, you know, because whatever, uh, a large percentage of our bodies exist water. I'm talking purely about the superficial benefits of how water, drinking more water has changed my skin. It's has it really? Un- Your skin's amazing. Okay, thank you for saying that, but honestly, I th- I think it's going to, it's still, well, okay, so the past three weeks, I've increased my water intake for listeners, I am the biggest coffee drinker. I'm constantly dehydrating myself. I had a joke about how, like, I'm like, yeah, I drink a lot of water. It's just always brown. Like, I truly don't drink enough water, usually. But then I started uh, drinking 70 ounces a week. What's that? What does that look like for a that normal looks, human? That looks like about, like, six bottles That's of water. Lot. Maybe seven. That's a lot. Yeah. And um, Are you I, peeing constantly? Yeah, constantly. I'm shocked I'm not in the bathroom right now. <laughs> it's amazing that I made it through this podcast. We have to get your chair, have a little toilet have a little, on it. Yeah, have a little hole in it for me to, yeah, use as an outhouse. But, um, yeah, but water, I, I cannot stress enough. People had told me, you need to be drinking more water, you need to be drinking more water. And I was always like, okay, but why? Like, <laughs> I, I feel, love that you questioned it. I was just like, I feel fine. I don't understand. My skin is, I'm not breaking out. Like, what? what's the, I, you know, coffee provides me caffeine, which makes me a better writer and makes me perform better at my makes job. Makes me a better person. Yeah, I was just kind of like, why? And then I started doing it, and the benefits are, it's through the roof. It's through the roof. I'm sitting across from Jamie right now, and she looks like an Instagram filter. It is changing my skin in this way where I'm like, I think, okay, so I have like Uncle Fester level, the circles around my full eye. Great not just reference. under eye, but like over eye. I have <laughs> Wait, it's just a ring. It's just a black hole (laughs) just surrounding. And, um, yeah, and I think they're slowly fading. Like, I don't know if they'll ever be gone, but I think that they might. That would be, be so exciting. Substantially less dark. Do you think that the, that water could solve my wrinkles and I wouldn't need Botox anymore? I am telling you, you got to get on the water train. God, I'd rather spend going, $300 and not drink water. I know. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. But I'm telling uh, you. Okay. It's so cool. It's like being part of like a cool, hydrated club. Gal, you're too much. And yet, my favorite. You're my favorite. Okay. Great well, up. Love you. Love you. Can't wait to see what this whole water things about. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarchet. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.